All right. <clears throat> it is March 8th today. This is the first official episode of this new show that I have launched here at Colin, dedicated to psychedelics, spirituality, mental health, and other surrounding topics. Whether you're listening live right now, uh, on March 8th or at uh, another date at some point in the future. I hope you're uh, ready for some interesting discussion surrounding uh, my first MDMA journey in December that I extensively wrote about and documented on my Substack. The link to that essay is in the description of this episode. And in that essay, I went really deep into some of the personal insights that I had and the reason why I pursued this whole area of inquiry. And right now, um, I'm not going to go into the the exact personal insights because of how kind of intimate it was. And already um, a few people had uh, suggested that I'd kind of went a little too far too with, with what I shared However, other people were, were really appreciative of the fact that I, I shared some of those personal insights, which I, I'm definitely not uh, looking back on. And it's something that I hopefully I'm going to do more and more as I do more of these journeys. I want to share with the world kind of what my process of inner healing is like and how other people can pursue this whole area of, of inner healing, of spirituality, of psychotherapy. Um, so, so yeah, so why don't I just get into this here? I'll just briefly say regarding this journey that I did in December, the, the, the whole reason that I, I came to this point of, of pursuing psychedelic therapy was that for, for a few years, but definitely several months since I graduated high school, I, I felt this kind of emptiness in my life. And eventually that emptiness was filled with my writing career, which, which just just skyrocketed um, all of a sudden, which was amazing. But at the same time, I felt like there were a lot of underlying issues that I had to address. And I had just been feeling quite anxious, miserable, depressed um, for, for a while. And I thought some, something kind of has to change. And, and for a while, I had tried going to the church, which was interesting. I'd been meditating for a while as well, doing yoga, listening to some knowledge, listening to people, uh, listening to thinkers in the East or in the West. And all of that was great. Um, there, there were definitely certain things that appealed to me more, such as meditation and Eastern philosophy. But it, it, it seemed like whatever ingrained patterns of thinking I had were so rigidly established, whether that's fantasizing about the future or whether that's getting obsessed with things or kind of over anticipating whatever's going to happen the next moment or never being satisfied with what I have in the present moment and perhaps being complacent or kind of just staying in my own rigid spot that I've created with regards to my work, with regards to my social interactions or my spiritual interactions. So I kind of got really frustrated and Around that same time, I had been discovering a lot of Sam Harris's work, 
um, particularly particularly in his book Waking Up, where he documents his whole spiritual journey, which started with psychedelics. Actually, it started with that. Although the impetus for that exploration for him was that his his father died in his teen years, and so he and also his his girlfriend broke up with him, and a friend of his died at a young age. So he had also been experiencing a lot of a lot of the similar things that I am right now, or, or have been for the past couple of years. And so he started with with MDMA, LSD, psilocybin. And then that kind of launched a spiritual journey where he traveled across to India and explored mindfulness meditation from a very traditional Buddhist perspective. So anyway, I was reading this whole um, journey that, that Sam lays out very carefully in waking up. And around that same time, I was looking for something a little more, I don't know if I want to use the word radical, but definitely something more substantial, something that is really going to shake the snow globe as it's commonly said within the psychedelic community. Um, because unlike meditation or prayer or counseling, the, 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 the psychedelic therapy is something that you re- you really don't have any choice. Once you're in there, you, you're in there. The, the, the only real choice you have is to either to fight the experience or let go of the experience, which I'll get to later. But, Anyway, based off of Sam's experiences and around that same time last year, uh, Roland Griffiths, who's a psychopharmacologist at Johns Hopkins, who's done the fascinating studies with psilocybin, he was on Jordan Peterson's podcast and they had a wide ranging conversation about psychedelic assisted psychotherapy, which was really inspiring to me. And I I listened to that conversation twice and I'm going to listen to it again because of how interesting it was and how it went into some of the research of, of this whole realm. And so fast forward to um, late last year, I decided to, to take the step and pursue this area of inquiry. And uh, long story short, I ended up in a room at uh, this clinic in uh, Vancouver. Um, and I was given the, the MDMA pill and I, I took it and then uh about an hour later i was i was in the the whole ecstasy state and th- there were a number of revelations or insights that came to the surface on that trip and w- one of them was that i need to build a psychic or spiritual kind of foundation that i need to develop a, a peace of mind that I need to find contentment in my own world and in my own mind before I seek more outward happiness, approval, or fulfillment from others, whether that's through my writing or through relationships or other means. What I realized in the journey was that there are a lot of things that need to be rectified within, that there are many imbalances that I have, and that just going into the world with those underlying issues is only going to create more issues over time. And it's, it's not, and I think there's, this is a, a broad misconception that you have underlying issues that need to be resolved um, that are mental, psychological, or, or, or even physical. And there, there's this idea that you, you can find somebody in a relationship or you can find good work. You can find creative work. You can find your dream job, and just live on, and then those issues don't need to be resolved. 
or that you can kind of mask those issues or that even these other external things that may be going well for you can resolve those underlying issues. And, and I think that that is a perspective that many people have tried and it hasn't led to any success. And, and for me, certainly with, with the way my career skyrocketed, it, it, it wasn't just that that and, and the, career, the career, just to be very clear, it really did skyrocket, as many of you know, with, with getting a lot of attention from many of the people that I've, I've looked up to from a very young age and having a few articles that, that really resonated with hundreds of thousands of people uh, around the world, primarily in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. But n- none of those things resulted in me finding contentment or finding peace of mind or finding uh, psychological equanimity. It just, it, it was something that showed me like, Oh, Hey, this is not the answer. This is, this is obviously one part of you that has to be fulfilled in order for you to kind of explore these other areas, right? If, If you're poor, if you don't have a job, if you, can't put food on the table, then obviously that's going to be your priority is to fulfill those areas. But at at a certain point, as uh, Novel Ravikant talks about, he's the the great entrepreneur who puts out a lot of beautiful wisdom. Um, He had had a great appearance on uh, the Joe Rogan experience a couple years ago. And uh, he he talks a lot about how you you want to make everybody as rich as they can be and for, for them to fulfill their career goals only for them to later realize that that is not it, that there's something more. Because until you fulfill those things, it that there's always a mirage that, oh, I'll get this amazing career. Oh, I'll do this podcast or I'll achieve these goals. And then then, then things are solved. You know, I'll, I'll get this research grant. I'll publish this paper. I'll get into Harvard or I'll become a lawyer at a top firm. And then and then I'm going to be happy. But But of course, that never happens. So... Anyway, this has kind of been um, this is kind of the insight that I came to that if I don't have a foundation of inner contentment, of of being able to live in the present moment, of embracing what I have, loving what I have, and in being in gratitude for what I have, then I'm just doomed to repeat the cycles of misery, depression, over anticipation, um, fantasizing about the future, endless work and sacrifice all these kind of things that I've been conditioned with um, as a child, because all these things do shape up to be who we are today. Our, 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 our free will in this moment is only limited. It's only confined within the, the potential and the, the personality that we've been shaped into being by our early influences. And, and for me, it's it's and for for everybody it's your parents it's the the home you grew up in it's the school you went to the kind of social interactions you had what kind of neighborhood you lived in which city you lived in all these things matter and and for me it's especially been quite salient as i discovered in this trip was um just realizing how much a certain kind of worrying from my mom or my dad or my brother or um just kind of being in this place and I'm, and I'm being more general and broad here than um, um, on purpose, because I was, I think some of the more intimate discoveries are best to be 
written and and read in writing um but but broadly speaking it during the trip i i really for, for the majority of the trip quite to my surprise um the, the whole the whole trip was was five to six hours and for about four to five hours i was fully just looking into me as a child and me looking up to my parents and how that shaped my personality shaped my perspective and the way i look at the world and so a, a big piece of that was just the, this worry i had for my mom and this various interpersonal issues that we kind of had and and then also just kind of realizing how i grew up in a very adverse environment um especially with school as well being constantly bullied as I, when I was a kid for, for just being an awkward, eccentric kid who never got along with people or, or, or also just having uh, a turban over my head because I'm a Sikh background and of being constantly picked on for that. I, I remember there was one specific bully in, in elementary school who literally landed in the principal's office like four or five times every year from like kindergarten to grade five because he was picking on me constantly for looking a certain way and, and having this, this long hair, which, which for him was just so weird. And, and, and that, that was, that was a target that he, he used to consistently uh, attack me, which is something that uh, also Jordan Peterson and I discussed for some uh, extended time in our podcast, which is, which is on YouTube and Spotify. Um, we, we spent some time digging into that specific um, area, which for me, what was clearly something that was quite, traumatic and it as i've realized over time not just through this one mdma session but through counseling afterwards that i've been forced from a very young age to kind of go into my head go into the future go into to some fantasy or just avoid whatever is in the present moment because well growing up whatever was in the pre present moment was so harsh and so adverse and so painful and difficult to experience whether that's bullying social exclusion and ostracization or um, not being that good at school, getting poor grades and then coming home and having certain issues with my parents and my brother, all in all, the, the environment that I grew up in forced me to kind of go inside my head and to just avoid whatever was going on. And so that was the big part of this journey that I was on was realizing how much my past has shaped me now. And obviously, these aren't any groundbreaking uh, mystical revelations, of course. These are things that one can, you know, understand from a very rational perspective, right? If you go to a counselor or a clinical psychologist, if I were to just talk about my background and what I've experienced, they could outline some of these things. Not, not all of them, maybe not many of them, but certainly some of these key insights that I had about my past and my childhood conditioning could have certainly been been um been uh identified by somebody who's an, an expert in psychology and counseling but the whole the whole unique characteristic of the the mdma experience is not that you're rationally understanding these things about yourself but that you're feeling them on a very visceral level and so all these things that i've said to you i'm obviously talking now in a rational way and processing it after the fact but during the experience, these things that I'm realizing had this unique heart-centric kind of feeling. It, it, was, it was very much located in the heart region where 
and this is a very common experience people have of, of this heart opening feeling um, that's quite characteristic of, of the whole MDMA journey that people go on. And so realizing these things were quite profound because it didn't come from somebody telling me like, hey, you grew up in this environment and this is how this affected you or me even like rationally thinking about these things. Because also just, you know, thinking about these things now, there's a certain nuance and a certain kind of, of, of release that's come from having this journey and looking at these things now. But without this journey, without this experience, it's very difficult to think about these things because they create a lot of anxiety. They, they, it's very uncomfortable to think about how much your, 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 your worry for your mom or how much you were ostracized as a kid has an effect on you now. These are places that are very difficult to go to psychologically for, for everybody, right? Go, going in the past and, 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 and I think also like trying to even go in the past, trying to think about all the things that have gone wrong for you in the past is often not a, a productive use of time. It, it, it's oft, it often just leads to more misery and depression and anxiety. And it, it doesn't provide any kind of relief um, unless you're doing with a counselor, which is a different setting. Unless you're going back and processing these things and you have somebody to guide you through it. And something that I've been doing recently is IFS, Internal Family Systems, which is a great modality to explore the different parts of yourselves and and uh, track where exactly they came from and how how they've been shaped over time. But w with the, the MDMA uh, experience, one of the, the neurochemical um, factors that go into the experience is that the M MDMA diminishes the part of your brain that creates so much fear and anxiety. And so that's diminished, whereas the part of your brain that's prone to be introspective and to look in the past that has been heightened. And so generally, generally speaking, no matter who you are, you're going to this experience with little anxiety, little fear, little worry. And you're, and then you're looking in the past, you're looking at yourself and your past and how those things interact with each other and how they, how they shape you as a person today. So that, that's kind of been, that, that was kind of the broad theme of this first trip was of, looking at these chain of causes and identifying and, and learning how just who I am right now is not just because of my free will. And, and to some extent, the, the, what I can do right now is not just my free will. It's not something that I can just freely do. Although that's not, that's not to take away one's agency or individuality. Um, and then there's, there's obviously broader questions about, about, free will and destiny and cosmology and all these other things that I'm not going to get into now, but at a very basic level, you right now, whatever you're doing, whatever patterns of thinking you have, whatever behavior you have right now has been shaped by all these things from your childhood. And in order to move forward, in order to progress, in order to heal and to get to a place of self-actualization in order to have better relationships in order to feel better in every moment and to truly enjoy what you have, which, which by the way, is, is not somewhere I'm at at this point yet from just one six hour MDMA trip. I'm just at the very beginning, but in order to get to this place where you're, where you've established peace of mind and you have some level of contentment that isn't dependent on the external world, 
on the external world as as Sam Harris talks about um, um, pretty um, extensively, um, you you have to go into your past and understand these parts of yourself and and embrace them and then learn about them and and, and love them not not to fight them or avoid them but to actually embrace them for for who they made you to be in, in this moment all, all the all the good and the bad all the suffering and the pain it, it's created whoever you are right now and so coming to grips with that is the the only way to move forward so that that's kind of the the overview from the uh from the mdma trip i of course i've only scratched the surface if anybody wants a a deeper dive my my essays and the the link in the description for this episode but other than that i want to open this up for for whoever's here there's a few people here who are online anybody who has questions thoughts um feel free to to chime in and uh let's talk about it all right so i have somebody by the name of reed who has a wonderful profile picture with a very cute dog. I don't know if that's real or if that's just a drawing, but. <laughs> hey, Rav, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, that, that is a real dog. That's my dog, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's so cute, man. I love it. Thank you. Um, first of all, I just want to say I really loved your essay. Um, this is cool you're doing this. Um, I listened to your podcast with Jordan Peterson, and it was fantastic. So thank you for doing that. Um, I wanted to talk, ask you about in your podcast with Jordan Peterson, you talk about, you kind of briefly mentioned, it wasn't really a topic of a conversation, um, these kind of psychedelic states and these states of mindfulness um, without any kind of exogenous substance. So you kind of, I think he mentioned yoga, you talk about mindfulness meditation. And I was curious about your experience with that specifically kind of in relation to your MDMA experience. Mm. My, my my experience of altered states of consciousness without the use of any external agent is that your question? Uh, yes, or even if it's not an altered state of consciousness, just your experience with meditation and how that relates to your uh, MDMA experience. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's a very good question. I, I would say that for me specifically, and I can only talk about myself on this, and and perhaps other people can can definitely relate to this. For me. The, the whole practice of meditation comes, it, it does not come naturally for me at all. In fact, it's incredibly difficult. And when I started, it seemed like just totally impossible. And and that's because I have a very overactive default mode network, which is a part of your brain that's cementing the sense of self and going to the future, going to the past. That That's a part of my brain that just is, is always... Is, is always moving. It's, it's always in, in movement or whether I'm about to go to bed or I wake up or whatever it is. And so getting into a deep meditative place for me has been incredibly difficult, um, e- even now. Um, and so altered states of consciousness naturally are, are, have been very difficult for me to achieve. And then that's something that I've, I've spoken to about other more traditional people within the Indian tradition you know they're they're very much against using hallucinogenic substances, whether that's that's my mom or that who's, who's very traditional in the Hindu context, or that's various meditation teachers I've had. Um, for, from their perspective, that pursuing altered states of consciousness or any kind of deep meditative state through 
psyched through psychedelics is not natural. It's, it's not something you should do. It's some kind of violation of natural organic experiences of, of unconditional love or mindfulness or whatever it is. But sure. I think, but, I feel like this is very relatable for a lot of people, but yeah, absolutely. But so for me, I got to this point where it was like meditation was, was, was not easy. I, I needed something that was more dramatic, a little more radical, um, that uh, was not totally uh, up to my own volition. It's not something that it's clearly like, like getting into a deep meditative place is not something that I, I can do easily. So what, what can I do to simulate that state? And, and just to be clear, the, the MDMA experience is not the experience of, of mindfulness, really. Um, mindfulness specifically uh, has been um, more specifically and particularly related to, to the psilocybin experience, although those are worlds apart, too. But with psilocybin, there's a heightened state of mindfulness um, that, just for, that isn't there for MDMA. With MDMA, there's a clear feeling of ecstasy which many people talk about with um, various prayer exercises. Um, and then this is something that I'm going to go deeper into with uh, a good friend of mine whose name is Alice. She's based in LA who has been doing a lot of excellent uh, presentations at various uh, conferences on the, the science of mystical experience. And so I'll, I'll bring her on at some point later this month to go deeper into that specific area. But, but yeah, this is kind of, um, my understanding of altered states of consciousness has been basically next to nothing before this MDMA trip. And so, uh, and so I realized I need to do something uh, more substantial because um, clearly I'm not capable of doing it myself. And so that's how I started in this area doing MDMA. And then I've done it again in February, which I'm still uh, writing about. Um, and then definitely going to be further explorations with LSD, psilocybin and, possibly uh, a, f a few years from now, even DMT or, or ayahuasca. But, but ultimately also, I should say, the, the, the goal is not to just be high on psychedelics every month or every few months or, or every year. The, the, the goal is for these experiences to teach you something about yourself and to help you get, get into that meditative state, get into a, a, a place of contentment, of mindfulness naturally. Um, that, that I think is the key. These experiences aren't, and they are not an end to themselves. These experiences are only a door, uh, uh, only a doorway into experiencing, uh, inner contentment, peace of mind. So I, so I think that's something that's, uh, very important to, to emphasize that the, these experiences are not just to, to have fun or to just escape. Although that is the kind of character they have early on, especially when you're somebody like me, who's constantly lost in thought, constantly, looking for the external world to give me validation um, or, or always pursuing work and always thinking creatively, then definitely my, my two trips of MDMA have been a kind of escape, um, a kind of escapism, but, but eventually it's this, uh, in conjunction with counseling and meditation, you want to bring more of these experiences into your daily life and to, to ultimately have these uh, experiences of love and, and contentment and, uh, of, of um, even mystical experience without the use of, of any uh, psychedelic drug. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I appreciate your feedback on that and your insights. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. So we got uh, somebody by the name of Ubby here. Would you like to chime in? 
you hear me? Yep, I can. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm from Sydney. Um, you had a really good podcast with John Peterson and everything you just described then, as well as what I've heard from your story, we have a lot in common because I'm also from an Indian background. Nice, nice. Yeah. As you noticed, I, I did not pronounce your name Abby. I pronounced your name Abby yeah. because I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> yeah, yeah. with that name. <laughs> yeah, well done. Um, oh. Yeah, it makes a difference, but you don't notice it usually. Yeah, right. Of course. Um, but yeah, um, your story is like kind of, how do I articulate this? It's kind of like where I wanted to be 10 years ago. You're, I have to say you're at 21 now, right? Yeah, you've done like remarkable progress to have the kind of insights you have already at your age. So well done. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, and I, I, I cannot take credit for all those things. It's a lot of good fortune has come my way. A lot of things have gone right. Everything from from career early on, certain viral moments that led to uh, stability in my career to also just finding um uh, good people close to me, finding good, um, high quality psychotherapists and psychedelic guides who were able to make me feel comfortable enough to even pursue these journeys. Right. That, that I think is very important too. Um, it's, it's not just, I, I, I would never encourage somebody to just self experiment with psychedelics, but, but definitely having a guide with you, finding people you're comfortable with to do these, uh, deeply profound personal journeys is incredibly important. So I've been fortunate to connect with people in those community who are trustworthy, who are completely safe and have had a lot of experience with this, with various patients and clients. So uh, all, all of what I'm writing about has been um, not, not just my own um, hard work and, and work ethic, but also just other people who've come into my life and have have uh, opened the doors for me to pursue this this path of inner healing. It's, a, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, uh, one second, I'm trying to articulate my thoughts. Have you heard of aphantasia? Pardon? Have you heard of aphantasia? Fantasia. Uh, no. Aphantasia. It's a condition where you can't you can't visualize in your head. You don't have a mind's eye. It's blind. Mm, okay. Okay. You know, um, I've, I have aphantasia and the only time I've been able to visualize or see things in my head is when I'm on psychedelics. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Which and, uh, It was actually Which LSD. LSD, in LSD um, and shrooms both give me the ability to visualize, but I can't see anything otherwise, um, like in my mind's eye. Hmm. Right. Okay. So, 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 just to be clear, your 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 normal vision is completely fine, but visualizing is not something that you can do. Is that yes? Correct? Like I can't okay. I can't close my eyes and see anything in my head. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I'm wow. trying to figure out a way if I can fix that with um, LSDs or with meditation. I was once able to enter a psychedelic state. I've only done it once by accident, though. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious about that in, in particular, but I, I should also just make a quick recommendation for you. Um, you know who Russell Brand is, obviously? Yep. Yep. Yeah. He has a great meditation podcast on Luminary um, uh -huh. that you have to you have to pay to, to get the Luminary um, subscription. Um, but I but I but I definitely pay for it, and I, and I think it's very helpful that um, in that app 
um, sorry, not, not an app. The, it's a luminary app, but he has his own podcast exclusively on that platform. And he has a, a, a separate meditation podcast where he does meditations every week. Um, and, and a few times he's done great visualization meditations in the podcast where you're visualizing about um, um, all sorts of places, like uh, climbing upstairs into some beautiful white light, yeah. opening opening I, doorways. He uses a lot of visualization I've techniques. I've tried yeah. those. They're all blank. They're all black. Okay. Like I can't do anything. So, but okay. only with uh, hallucinogenics and psychedelics, I've been able to see something. So, yeah, mm. I just thought that I might find that interesting. Yeah, and 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 have you has your ability to visualize improved after the psychedelic experiences have been um, after you've experienced psychedelics, or is it just confined to those experiences? It's confined to the experiences, but they also um, initiated my first spiritual experience as well. That's when I first had my first um, intonations of the divine and the illusion of separateness. Mm. Interesting. And was that were those two things? I'm assuming that the latter um, insight was that from LSD. That was actually from LSD. I Indeed. had shrooms as well. But I didn't get it the first time I tried shrooms. So, mm. but I think LSD and shrooms are very similar. Shrooms are just—they um, last less time and they're more gentle, I believe. Right, and also from they have this... and, and also from what people have told me anecdotally, uh, psilocybin is more of a self-exploration, whereas LSD may be more of a exploration of reality and the the laws of physics and of how certain things interact in the world. That's certainly what people have, have told me. Okay, that, that makes sense. In that case, mm. I haven't had a proper shrooms experience. <laughs> mm. In terms of like self-exploration, you're saying you haven't? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't I haven't reached that um, religious experience that everyone talks of through psilocybin. Mm. Interesting. Well, listen, keep, keep it up. Keep uh, ex experimenting. I, I hope... Uh, well, for, for, from what you've said um, already, I, I think I, I'm, I'm sure those experiences, even though they haven't translated to um, any change in your real life yet, I'm sure those experiences have at least uh, opened the doorways for what it's like to visualize because before you couldn't. And so those experiences yeah, exactly. sh showed you what it's like. And, that, and that's a broad theme of the whole psychedelic realm is they show you these states of mind that many people just don't have access to, whether, whether it's people who are uh, clinically depressed or have PTSD, who who just haven't felt any kind of contentment or happiness through, through these journeys, they can actually experience um, what, 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 what I think is described in the Hindu text as your true self, the, 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 mm -hmm. the part of you that's, that's content, that isn't constantly looking for approval from the, from the external world, the part of you that isn't clinging to various cravings the, the part of you that isn't hankering for some desires that that true self that pure consciousness is something that i think psychedelics reveal so powerfully so i uh i i wish you best of luck as you uh move forward yeah thanks Rev. um i don't want to steal your time from everyone else but do you have an email i can send something to yeah yeah i i have an email just for for readers um it's, it's on my sub stack as well uh rav1033 at icloud.com right cool yeah and, and, and for that for, for that email as well um I, I assume you follow me on substack there i'm 
collecting reader responses for my podcast with Jordan Peterson. Just like yep. like four to five sentences, I've asked out um, people to uh, to reflect on that if they had any thoughts because I was getting a lot of interesting long winded comments, and I realized that yep. a lot of these a lot of these uh, reflections or critiques of this podcast or, or certain things we talked about deserve more attention. So. Anyway, I, I'm collecting these uh, reader responses. So if anybody's listening and wants to contribute, feel free to email it to me and I'll be posting a, a, a long collection of responses on my Substack. Yeah, definitely. You'll hear from me. Yeah, great. All right, thanks. All right. Um, we got Pedro here. What's up, Rob? Hey, Pedro. Um, awesome podcast so far. Super excited to sort of be able to follow along on your journey. Um, super important work. The a, a question that I have and something that I, uh, I guess, struggle with is sort of the the differentiating between sort of learning how to let go of certain moments and and expressing them, especially in relationship to sort of anger. I've heard from a bunch of different sources, both sides, which is, Hey, at some point you need to learn how to let go of the anger of sort of past trauma or sort of habituated, um, uh, traumatic responses that you mentioned. Um, uh, you know, but I've also heard that you're only going to be able to let go of particular of a particularly painful past especially one that's sort of embedded in your, in your behavior and in your unconscious, um, uh, I, I guess, attitude, um, um, if you express it. And I'd be curious if you've put any thought into sort of the differentiation between those two. And I'm going to hang up because there's a fire truck right now. Mute myself. Sorry. Sorry. The, the last 30 seconds of what you were saying were, were not uh, super clear. Can you, can you just repeat the question quickly? Yeah. So, some a, a question that I have that I, that that I struggle with is the difference between or kind of knowing when to express anger at a past situation or anger at sort of trauma, let's say, versus learning when to let it go. There's um, th- there's some sort of you know I, I sometimes I feel like I have some sort of anger or some sort of uh, emotion to express in relationship to a past trauma that if not expressed, I'd feel like I wouldn't be able to let it go. But other times I feel like if other times I feel like the anger begets more anger, if that makes sense. And I'd be curious if you have any sort of insight or opinion on as it relates to your own personal journey and then how that might fit into psychedelics and some sort of insight that you can generate from that. Mm. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting question that I haven't really thought about before. Um, I, I I think in in general, there's definitely a, a, a space and a utility in expressing certain emotions. Um, it's it's important to acknowledge wh- whatever consequences that that expression will have, um, whether it's to those around you or or to your own self. Um, it, I, I've definitely been around people where clearly they have, um, as, as, as one, um, uh, 
Indian meditation teacher, uh, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, uh, w- w- once said that the, the, the people who talk the least are, are the most conflicted and they have a volcano inside of them, the, the people who aren't expressing their emotions. Um, and then that's, of course, just, um, of course, there are introverted people who just naturally aren't like that. But, but generally speaking, people who don't talk a lot, who don't express their emotions, have a lot of underlying issues. And, and I think... And I think this is where counseling comes in. I think that's very uh, important is to to learn to express those emotions in a safe environment where you're not just hitting a wall consistently. You're not just by yourself or or or, or with somebody else who, who in that space, it's not going to be conducive to um, actually learn anything from that expression. Um, but w- w- when you're with a counselor, then you're able to better guide the experience and to actually glean uh, insights from it. Um, and, I, and I think that and I, and I think meditation is a good first step is to be mindful of what's going on inside your psyche, as difficult as it may be, paying more and more attention to what your state of mind is like. And then and then understanding like, oh, this is what's going on inside of me, that these are the emotions that are unexpressed. And how can I then explore this? And so that's kind of been my journey so far is of like, oh, OK, through meditation, which, which maybe I, I might be downplaying meditation in, in the first couple of years that I did it after high school. It, it didn't feel like I was making any progress. I was just thinking the whole time and doing meditation as certain uh, overworking or, or very creative people can relate to. And meditation just often just becomes a, um, a, uh, a thinking exercise with a different label. You're just thinking about the past or the future and you're apparently meditating, but you're actually not. But 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 over time, if, if you're really committed and you're honest with yourself and you're, you're actually put, putting in the effort as futile as it as it may seem in the beginning, you you you, you then you then you realize, oh, I'm thinking all the time. And, and then that's like a, that, that's that's kind of a big insight um, that I'm kind of realizing is actually quite important to have is of realizing how much your mind is like a. a, a a volcano with all these emotions that have been unexpressed since childhood, all, all these things that are going on inside of you. Um, and then, and then from that place for me of coming into a, a, not, not a complete or sustainable state of mindfulness, but definitely getting glimmers of mindfulness of ma- making whatever progress that I, I can't really quantify or assert with any confidence, but d- definitely having some mindfulness and, and realizing how, how much I'm lost in thought and how much that is robbing me of, of happiness and how um, all these things from my childhood are still lurking inside me. Um, and, and then from there, for, from realizing that then pursuing uh, in my case and for many other people of, of pursuing these psychedelic journeys and then pairing it with counseling and just getting to know these parts of yourself in a more, holistic safe and effective way opposed to just be being lost in thought consistently or trying to just uh figure it out yourself which for most people that does not work out with any success awesome that's that's helpful the the one thing that i think is interesting that i guess i would just add i don't really have it's not really a question so apologies but um i i've also noticed that so there are and maybe this has to do with just sort of people's natural inclinations and kind of like i guess big five personality traits 
But I've also noticed in myself, not, kind of not necessarily that if I'm quiet, I have a volcano sort of, you know, rumbling inside of me. But actually, at some points, the inverse to be true, which is I'll I'll put up a facade or some sort of persona because being quiet actually is the uncomfortable thing. Um, and, and that's just another thing that's just, that I just thought that that's sort of interesting. That might be inter- also interesting for you to think about um, uh, uh, as it's sort of, you know, there, the thing that's crazy about all this is there are so many different ways that an infinite number of ways in which all of this type of stuff can manifest. And so, you know, the fun part is kind of like going on the journey and, and, and uh, I'm excited, I guess, to, uh, to do that with you. This is, this is cool, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for other people, yeah, it can be the opposite. Um, and they're, yeah. And then they're, they're, they're purposefully quiet and then they're not um, giving them, giving themselves a space to express these things. Um, but, but for other people, they might be expressing it too much in ways that, that destroy relationships that, that uh, put a strain on their families and those around them. I've, I've definitely uh, um, heard about it, experienced it and have lived those kind of things. And I, I, I can tell you, um, at, at this point, at least that, that, yeah, yeah. I'll, the, the, the whole uh, goal for this podcast has been for me to, to ask more questions than to answer them. Um, that's kind of the, the overarching theme of this as I have more, um, guests on here. Um, I, I've, I've already spoken to uh, Tucker Max, by the way, who uh, is a uh, great author as a publishing company. And he, he's going to be on here at some point, uh, next month to talk about his experiences with MDMA therapy. But but at this point, I, I think it's I, th- I think it's important to emphasize that whatever suffering one is going through, um, and no matter how cynical or pessimistic they might be, I, I think actually like taking steps to explore these parts of yourself that aren't being addressed is very important, and then not just steps of going to a psychiatrist and getting and getting these completely. Uh, uh, counterproductive uh, anti-anxiety medications or SSRIs, etc. But but rather actually taking steps to holistically understand yourself, um, and then and that and that's it's psychedelics, whether that's LSD, MDMA, or psilocybin. I, I think that that's where th- those things belong. And and, and also as as my uh, as one of my psychedelic uh, coaches, if you will, um, um, at this clinic in Vancouver, has told me. There are also people who who are stuck in this process of spiritual bypassing, which I, I'd never thought about before, where they, they have a lot of shit to process, a lot of depression, anxiety, trauma, and they uh, avoid it by pursuing spirituality, which is very interesting, um, who, 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 who may um, have achieved uh, meditative states through meditation retreats, who do yoga, um, who are very good at meditation, who who have mindfulness, but still they're they're still imbalanced. They're still prone to anger. They're still prone to depression and anxiety, and 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 that that's the place where you want to have you want to have these psychedelic experiences in a safe, guided way. Where you, it's not just that you're paying attention to this moment, which is which is obviously uh, indispensable, but you're you're also 
uh, learning different parts of yourself that are not being being addressed, right? Because through just meditation, I, I think is not a recipe for success. It's it's not just living in the present moment because li- living in the present moment, um, as powerful as it may be, doesn't prevent you from from repeating these these rigid patterns that you've that have been shaped early on through childhood and though those patterns get uh, quite uh, dramatically disrupted in the psychedelic uh, experience and so that, that's what i'm exploring right now and again i don't have the answers i don't have any big revelations or any wisdom to give out to the world just yet i'm still learning i've, I've only done a couple of trips and i'm um, I, I'm here to learn. I'm here to be a student, and uh, that's kind of what this uh, podcast is about. Um, are Are there any other people I should ask uh, who have a question? I know there's Stacy, Sean, Jim, anybody else who had um, any pressing question that they want to ask before we uh, wrap this up in about five ten minutes. Anybody who hasn't spoken yet who may have a question or or just have any thoughts. All right, we got Sean here. Oh, Sean, did you want to chime in or Jim or Stacy? Hey, Sean. Uh, Yep, I got you. (laughs) uh, Sorry, kind of nervous. Dude, uh, I just want to say you're the, I've been watching your, uh, the way that your career has been rising, uh, I'm a fan, to say the least. Uh, congratulations, man. Uh, like, it's pretty inspiring to see. I mean, especially, you know, the whole young age thing. Uh, yeah, it's just really cool. Like, it brings, a, it brings a big smile to my face. So, I just want to say that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. That, that means a lot. Um, it, especially since all, all of this is still very new to me, this whole space. It's... Uh, it definitely didn't come easy. It didn't come natural. It didn't come anticipated or expected. But all, all these things have just seemed to uh, align for me, and are and it's, and it's still a work in progress. Of course, you there, there's there's never an arrival. There's never a uh, a moment where you've you've reached. It's just where we're we're just at the beginning. And so I'm glad to have people like yourself and and others who are uh, are here who are here for uh, for what's going to be a very long journey. Um, I, uh, you know, that I hope to go on over the next uh, few months, years, and, and decades. I, I hope to bring uh, all of you along as I explore and um, come to different insights about myself and hopefully hopefully about the world uh, more broadly. So I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, I know we're wrapping up soon. I just wanted to ask. I don't want to get in the way of any other. Oh, sorry. No, 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 feel, feel free to, to share or ask whatever you want. Yeah. We'll extend the time a little bit if we need to, but yeah, feel, feel free to, to go for it. Whatever you, whatever's on your mind. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny. I was about to go to the temple. You're saying that you're of a Sikh uh, Hindu background that come from a similar family background. Uh, basically my question is like, how did you get started doing this? Like, did you, was it recommended to you, like these journeys, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty much my question. Like, how'd you get started? Mm. When did I get started with psychedelics specifically? Yeah, like, or, you know, MDMA or whatever else. Yeah, right. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I talked a little bit about this before. Um, I don't think you were there at the time um, at the rig bidding, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, in, in short suffering a lot, Su- suffering more than necessary is, is what the insight that I came to at the very beginning of like, this just can't be it. This, the way I'm feeling right now, what I'm doing, there's got to be more. Because if not, then this is this is really miserable. And I mean, and I mean, to some extent, to some extent, on a more spiritual level, whatever one is feeling, however one is, like to some extent, that that's all there is, right? All you have is the present moment. However, you want to use it. And however you explore that present moment, um, it, it to, to, to some extent that now is as good as an opportunity to feel good and to fully come into contact with whatever your experience is than, than, than any time you might have. Um, um, that that's just on a deeper spiritual level as something that as Sam emphasized a lot, Sam Harris. But, but, but of course, at the same time, if, you, if you're depressed and you're anxious or you're lost in the future or in the past, if you're relationships aren't working if if you feel like your the, the world around you is crumbling and you feel like you're you're too attached to the world or you're or you're too detached from the world on the other hand if you're if you're not um if you if you seem to be tuning out of things and avoiding them or, or if you're clinging on or obsessing over things um, all, all all various themes that i've kind of uh, been stumbling upon then then that's a time to explore and for me that was that that was uh, the place where I started of like the um, all these things that I'm experiencing right now are very difficult and, and I, and I should take steps to improve myself, but, but not just on a superficial level, not just, uh, not, not just through, you know, anxiety medication or, or, and I, and also like, and certain things like exercise, which is really good for you or really good for your mental health. Like, like that, that alone wasn't working for me either. Meditation alone wasn't working. Um, although, I mean, depends what you mean by working, but, but I'm sure all those things were working and they were all um, helping uh, improve my life, but they, they, but clearly something was still, uh, something was clearly still misaligned at a deeper level. And so from there, I was inspired by Sam Harris and his LSD and MDMA experiences around the, the same age that I'm in. Uh, or, uh, I, I think he was in between 17 and 20 where he had all these um, expansive psychedelic experiences, which I, which is very interesting to talk to him about, by the way, um, when, when um, I, I spoke to him over the phone on Christmas Eve and then I wrote a big article on it. Um, if anybody here who uh, may be interested, who hasn't read that piece, it's on my Substack. Um, I, uh, I, I spoke to Sam and we, we talked about psychedelics and meditation and, and gained a lot of insights, but, but yeah. Um, after suffering a lot of uh, things that I, I thought were um, avoidable or could be mitigated and then being inspired by Sam Harris and how his psychedelic journeys um, led him to this, this uh, um, eventually a place of inner contentment so through the, all the work he did afterwards, um, the meditation um, for, for him and exploring different parts of Buddhism. Um, from that, I decided to... Uh, to explore. Uh, That's more of an answer than I could have asked for. Uh, Just 
I really I wish you the best luck in the world. Uh, I think what you're doing is like very important work. Uh, and keep. All right, man. Yeah, appreciate your uh, your question. Uh, anybody else has a question um, before we uh, finish this year? All right. Well, I think this was a, a great discussion. I appreciate all of you for your questions. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll maybe do this again uh, this week uh, or probably next week. As uh, at, at the end of this week, I'm going to be doing another uh, psychedelic journey, and this this one's going to be LSD, um, and and then this time it's going to be uh, actually psychedelic, which uh, as many of you know. Uh, uh, MDMA is often grouped in with psychedelics, but it's not actually a, a psychedelic. It doesn't produce any uh, any visual effects. Um, it, it, it's uh, you know M- MDMA essentially is just enhanced talk therapy. Really, it, it's profoundly enhanced talk therapy. There's nothing crazy about it. Nothing spooky. Nothing mystical. Nothing religious. Nothing you know really spiritual about it. It's just be being in a very comfortable place where you're able to explore these very dark things about yourself. But I, uh, I, I hope uh, many of you have uh, learned something from my writing and from this discussion. And uh, I, I'm in the process of uh, finishing my reflections and my, my uh, long form essay on my second uh, MDMA journey. Hopefully that'll be published at some point next week. Um, but other than that, I, I look forward to my first my, my first real psychedelic experience, which is going to be on Friday with uh, LSD. It's going to be about ten to twelve hours. Um, I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on that off the bat. If, if any thought comes to mind um, from any of you with regards to LSD, any any questions or thoughts? But other than that, I, I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to uh, to sharing those uh, those insights with you all in my in my writing and through uh, my Substack. So if there aren't any other questions or thoughts, I think we'll, uh, we'll finish it here. Um, appreciate your guys' time and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.